My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. All right, guys, let's get real. As a 40-plus gay man, here's what I know. Some of y'all just freak the fuck out when it's like about your career. And you're like, I can't find my path. I can't find my path. I get it. And even our guest gets it. But you know what? It's kind of interesting when one day you wake up and, oh, well, guess what I'm going to go do? I used to be a roller skating Broadway performer, singer, dancer, actor. I'm going to become a financial advisor because that's what you do, right? I know that sounds really unusual, but then suddenly other things happen and then you take over your partner's business And before you know it, you're on a pathway that you never thought possible. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation today with an amazing guy who's a coach. He is everything I just said. He was a Broadway performer. He's done amazing things. He actually has a talent agency. Well, let's him get into, but he's also a coach. And what we both have learned, and I hope he backs me up on this, is our pathways take us exactly where we're supposed to be. We just are such interesting little beasts as humans, like, but we have to know, we have to know, we have to know. Well, just sit back and take the ride and see where it takes you. So I'm excited. Welcome to the podcast, Michael Novin. I can't wait to really dive in because I think this is something a lot of gay men face, right? They're like, oh gosh, I'm going to freak out because I can't find my, the two P words. Well, they can find penis everywhere, but passion and purpose, <laughs> right? This whole passion purpose thing is really elusive to so many of them. So um, anyway, yeah, start telling us like you went, you've had an interesting life, my friend. Well, thank you. Yeah, it has been. And if you had told me that when I moved to New York back in the early 80s, that this is where I would end up now, I would never have believed you. Because one of the other things that you were just mentioning about all the, the peas, the, the passion and the penises, but the passion especially is that when the passion is gone or when you can't fulfill the passion anymore, then what's next? So that right. also becomes an issue. Yep. Yep. And it is interesting. So, you know, for many years, I, I, I kind of defaulted into my initial career. I, we won't go really deep into it, but I started college. I was at a, church college because mom and dad said that's where you're going and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. fine and i didn't i mean i tried i thought i'm gonna be an attorney i don't know why i wanted that to sound like oh okay let's do that really quickly like i don't even i don't enjoy being a business major that isn't what's calling me i don't want to go down political science blah 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 what do i enjoy doing oh i love food well i went to a seventh-day adventist college so hotel restaurant management was like taboo so to speak so I'm, I defaulted into dietetics. I don't know why I did not enjoy it. I hated everything to do with it. But by the time I was halfway through, I'm like, I'm too far along. Let's make this work. Right. Yeah. You're down the road. But I was never passionate about it until I switched and said, okay, I'm going to get that degree, but I'm also going to get a degree in hotel restaurant. Then I got really passionate. But then I got into that. I'm like, this is hard fucking work here. <laughs> this is like <laughs> long hours and dealing with 
Well, love, the lovely public. Uh, yes, yes. I, I really was just raised to sit around and eat bonbons and be taken well, care I know, of. So I, I, I don't, don't know, know why that isn't a career path in college, like bonbons and sex. Let's just go there, right? Yeah, like, yeah bonbon be, and boys. Yeah. But it, there you go. And it would be wonderful. But like you, the twists and turns have started to occur. Yet, I think for you, and I'm going to throw this out as maybe kind of our starting point, it all kind of works out. Yes. Surprisingly, it does. And, and in the beginning, like I said, you don't see the through line, you don't see the connection. And it wasn't until I embarked on what I consider my fourth career right. as a coach that I was able to take all of the elements of this twisty, windy road mm -hmm. and link it into one straight line. And that was all about working with people and helping people. Right. But it's always kind of been there for you. I mean, as a performer, yeah. I mean, I, I did enough theater in my time too, not to the level that you did, but I, I'm a big guy. Okay. So I'm six foot four. I mean, now I'm I was not near, I mean, I'm heavier now than I've ever been. But I mean, back in the day, I was six foot four, like 190, 220. And to be mm. a dancer, that's a big person, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I always enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved being all that stuff, but I, it was yes, for my enjoyment, but I was helping other people, guys or gals who were bigger people like go, you can do this. Oh, exactly. And, you know, and I think from your, you know, your background and everything, it always has been a driver for you of how do I help others? How do I bring that entertainment and that joy and liven those things up? Even if that joy is like, I'm going to teach, and I love what you did. I'm not going to steal the thunder, but you went from Broadway into this other world, but you went back to your roots, even when you went into the other world of financial services to help other people in acting and all that. So tell them a little bit about that too. Like how you like, okay, I used to skate around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I used, I, used, stage and... I used to skate around the world for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, for you guys and maybe some girls who are old enough to know, this was Starlight Express. Um, not a high point of my career, and yet one of the biggest challenges that I have ever faced in my life. Sure. And because um, that's a phenomenal. tough show. It's that's a, a really tough, tough show. show. I don't think any, anybody who's never seen it, they're like really a bunch of people skating around on roller skates. I'm like, you don't get it. They're skating, they're singing, they're moving, they're jam. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Until you've hit a B flat while you're doing a backhand <laughs> spring into a split. Yeah. You just, you yeah. just don't quite get well, it. Well, I mean, I'd hit a B flat just doing a, a split. So <laughs> I'd be, it'd probably be more like a F something. <laughs> Very sharp. Yeah. Very sharp. Um, so I was performing, I was doing Broadway and I was getting older. My body was getting a little worn out, a little tired. Um, and to be honest with you guys, it was opening night of my last Broadway show. And I had the worst nightmares of my life that I've yeah. ever had. And I thought, I'm doing what I always dreamed of doing. I have trained since I was a teenager to sing, to dance, to be an actor, to go to NYU, to get my degree. And I'm so unhappy now doing it. And so what I decided was I was done. Mm. I was done. I was going to finish this run and I was going to do something else. And I didn't know at the time what that something else was going to be. I thought, I am a gay man of a certain age who sings and dances and acts and roller skates. And um, now what am I going to do? And I thought, okay, well, I'll try to move into theatrical management, 
just thinking of what would be a natural extension. And the short version is, is that I was always investing while I was on the road and while I was doing Broadway, always thinking it's show business, not show art and not show fun and not, not show somebody else so they can make the money. Right. So while I was performing on stage and, and you know, bringing joy to people, I was also building my future. And um, somebody said, you should have a financial consultant. You know? And so I met this woman and she had actually been on Broadway many years before. And so I thought, this is perfect. And when I told her I was looking for a career transition, she said, you should work here. Mm. And I thought that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Merrill Lynch in the early 2000, in the late 90s and early 2000s is going to hire right. a, a gay chorus boy. I just, I just don't see this. So I thought, okay, well, I'll borrow a suit from a friend and right. I'll go. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I had dance clothes and dance well, clothes. Well, you know, you could have gone in your Starlight Express outfit and then really got attention, right? So. That, that really, yeah, that really would have knocked down some doors, let me tell you. So um, long story short is... Um, one of the things I think that got me the job was they said, well, you know, when you're in this business, we don't give you clients. You have to go out and get them. So how will you feel about rejection? And I just started laughing. I said, have you ever stood in front of a choreographer who's asked you to turn around so we can check out your ass right. and then been cut? Right. Yep. I said, please, if somebody doesn't want to buy my financial plan or this stock or this bond, that's nothing. You right. have not been rejected personally. So you know, it sounds silly, but having come from the theater, I was able to remove myself in this next phase. And so when I started to work at Merrill Lynch, rejection was not an issue for me because as an actor, as a performer, it was already built in. Right. It was already something that I knew. So the joy of performing and working with cast members and becoming into families was terrific. And so when I got to Merrill, I thought, where am I going to find clients? Who is going to come to a, to, who's going to come to me for right. investment advice? And what I ended up doing was going back to my roots and contacting all the people that I knew in the theater. And I invariably went back and I did Broadway shows and I did seminars. So I had, I would host a catered lunch for cats. Mm. I would host a catered lunch at Phantom of the Opera. Um, let me tell you, those opera people, they can eat. Um, <laughs> the cats, they don't eat much. It was a lot of lettuce. Yes, um, I'm sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I just slowly start my business that way because I was able to bring what I knew from the theater, having been in their shoes, I was able to bring that and combine it with my experience of knowing investing now through Merrill Lynch. And that was how I built my book. Hmm. And it was, but incredible. again, it built, I'm sure. And, and I, I mean, I know intuitively most of us know this, everything we do builds upon for the next thing, right? You, you right. start this and it builds, but sometimes I think we, we turn a blind eye to that too. Yeah. So here I am, I have a, a thriving coaching practice, but I also am lead coach for another company. <clears throat> and if I had mm -hmm. really thought about where I thought my coaching career was going to go, it wasn't mm -hmm. going to be doing what I'm coaching in this other company, I coach professional speakers to help build their speaking business. Yeah. Yet I became a professional speaker. Every step getting to that, I'm like, well, I learned from this one and this one. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then now I'm actually doing some of the stuff I really love doing the most, which is not just coaching, but I get to do 
So we'll, we'll go back to my time when I was doing shows and everything. Yeah. I'm teaching stagecraft. Again, back in college, if somebody told me one day you're going to be teaching people like the, the power of understanding the stage and knowing how to hit a mark and using the stage in a way to help you remember where you are in your lines and, and realizing the power of a pause and being mm -hmm. able to just hold that, you know, moment. I would have been like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, when I started with Meryl, the last thing I thought about was my theatrical training. It was just so natural to get in front of a group and to speak or to sit down in front of a client and chat right. and know how to re relate and to read the body language and the verbal and the nonverbal clues that we, you know, we subtly pick up on. And the next thing you know, the bosses are asking me if I could put something together where I would start training. Right. New hires on how to present because they were learning everything about the market and the financials. But yeah. what I had learned and not even thought about now, that was part of my past life, right. became so relevant. And my experience, it, it wasn't something that they even hired me to do. It was just one of those things, like you said, it's just, oh my God, one and one equals five. It's just so much more than what you ever think it is. And I think that's what we, we do is we underestimate our transferable skills. You know, we all learn so much stuff. And, you know, having come from the theater, being a swing where I understudied 12 different roles and I could do, you know, one person's role in the afternoon and a different role in the evening. Yep. And it was my goal that nobody in the audience and nobody on stage w could tell the difference. Yep. Nobody knew that I wasn't Bob or Steve or Sam or whoever. It was, it was, that was my job. Well, but don't you think, believe? but don't you think Michael, okay, so I'm going to play right off of what you just said. And, and for the, okay. I realize this is, <laughs> I realize this is 40 plus gay men, gay talk. So if you guys don't know what a swing role is, well, I know most of you Sorry. might know what a sling yeah. is, but a swing <laughs> role means that you do play all these different characters. And like you just beautifully described, you may be playing the lead and then you may be playing the back of, you know, one of the other dance roles. You may be playing another course. It just depends on where you're going. But that ability to navigate that way mm -hmm. is what I always call, no pun intended, being able to dance in the moment when... I may be trying to sell somebody, you know, my speaking ability for a specific conference, but then they say, well, that's really good. But what we're really looking for, great, you know, step all change. Sure, I can do that, right? Adaptability. It is about adaptability. And I, I have worked with so many gay men in their career transitions, or at least mm -hmm. trying to make career transitions yeah. where they're like, yeah. but this is all I know. I'm like, no, bitch, that isn't all you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did that, you forget like, when you worked at McDonald's when you were 14? Do you mm -hmm. forget like when you got fired from, you know, whatever Macy's at, you know, 21 because you, you know, yelled at a customer. Every one of those experiences is culminating up to this point. And one of the most recent experiences I had was with one of my clients who he walked away from his own law firm mm -hmm. to go do something in the state legislature advocacy realm. And to watch him like, oh, my God, I, I don't know how I can. And now, boom, bada bing here. There he is, because we really worked on weight. It isn't how you see yourself in this box. 
It's how you expand yourself into the bigger box of everything else you've ever done. Well, exactly, exactly. And so that's one of the wonderful things about coaching is that you can sit down and as an outside observer, listen to what it is that Rick has to tell me. And it's like, okay, so Rick, tell me about yourself. Right. And no, I want to hear, I, want, I don't want to just hear your resume. Tell me about you. Right. And so as you start to learn, you start to go, okay, well, do you realize what you just said is an actual transferable skill? And right. all of a sudden you see this light bulb go off and their eyes light up and they're like, what are you talking about? But, but yeah, so much is transferable. And I, I don't know if this makes any sense, but also as gay men who all come out in our own way, in our own time, on our own path, that I think we've all had a moment or many moments when we're younger, when we use skills that a lot of straight men don't even perceive as necessary Right. just to survive. Right. Mm -hmm. And you I stepped think into so many challenges. Yes. And yes. I'm not saying that straight men didn't step into challenges no, because, no. because through our teenage lives, well, through life in general, but let's, let's go to the teenage years. Everybody gets challenged. Even the jocks who are the stars of the football team, right. they have challenges. They may act like they don't, but they do. There is, there is a, there is a heavy load carrying even that people don't get that. Like if you're like, Oh, look, you're the superstar. Yeah. That can be very heavy to carry. So there's their challenge. We may look at it for, through a different lens, like, no, they got it all together. No, they don't. But when we start to realize, even through those moments of high school, college, whatever it was, where we hid who we were, mm -hmm. you and I are of a very similar age. So yeah. Yeah. I hid all the time. I, and in my case, I didn't come out till I was 36. But just that ability, like, how you were able, and I'm not saying this is a marketable skill per se, but how you were able to hide yourself and still be very functional under tremendous pressure mm -hmm. is very marketable. So how do you take that and go, I have navigated some of the most high pressure times in, in anybody's life and still thrived and still functioned and still made strategic decisions and all this sort of stuff. Really, how did you do that? Now, yeah, you got to kind of craft the story like, well, you know, I was a little fag in college. <laughs> so <laughs> I got beat up and bullied and all this. And look, here I am, you know. There, but there is a great expression, yeah. Feel yeah, it's fear. a beautiful way of anyway. like yeah. seeing yourselves. So yeah. what do you feel like for you? And I know there's multiple things. And you so let's kind of <clears throat> you've done the Broadway thing and performing, you have a financial, you know, advisor. You lost your partner. You took over his his business. Yes. All of this is like constantly shift change, shift change, shift change, right? Out of all the shift changes, what is something consistent that you feel like at this stage of your life, you know, you can consistently do? Listen, mm. I can listen and I can not only listen, but I feel like I can really hear what it is somebody is saying, whether it's a director or a choreographer trying to impart the feeling that they want the dance to bring, or it's listening to somebody talk about their fears of their financial future, or if it's listening to a photographer that I represent, you know, being unsure that they have the skills to shoot the campaign that, that I'm trying to make them land. Listening and then working with them to understand that they really can do this, listening and supporting, mm -hmm. that has been the through line. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's the transferable skill that everything else, at least for me, falls under. And 
this is one of those, what I consider one of our magic wands as a coach. Yeah. The more that I can learn to listen and hear, mm-hmm. the better I am. Even as a podcast host, the more I like shut the fuck up or let the guests say some stuff, that's when the magic starts to happen. Yeah. Because yeah, it, when we can step aside from like, well, wait, okay, Michael just said something. So I need to be ready to respond and like, okay, so let him finish. What else does he got? Because there's always going to be something, at least in my, what I've learned, I think 99% of the time that if I just stay quiet, especially, and now we're divulging a little bit of our coaching magic, so to speak. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. But when I'm really quiet and I like just kind of sit there and I kind of make it a, a little uncomfortable for my client. Like, okay, well, why is it Rick saying something? That's usually when the magic happens because they yeah. suddenly say something now that's like, that's where the, that's where the, their thing is. That's where their magic is, or that's where the real challenge is, or this is, they just, they just got really naked with themselves. Like, okay, well, yeah. in truth, this is what's really going on. Exactly. And those are those interesting moments. So that, not only that, but in between the sessions, when they're actually, uh, you know, allowing themselves to digest and process what has happened in the session that we just held and they're in their own space, it's like, oh, okay, I understand. Oh, I see. So when they come back the next week, we can build on what they uncovered for themselves the week prior. It's always interesting to me when a client goes away. And they do come back the next week and they're like, so, um, yeah, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat them up. Yeah. Like, okay, why didn't you? Yeah. Or I was really fired up last week when we talked about this. I realized I'm actually not that fired up about that. Thank God. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying that like, you know, yeah. in a way inside mm-hmm. I'm going, thank God, yeah. because that means there's something else they've either discovered or we're coming up against something where they're like, well, that doesn't really excite me. Really? Well, let's, let's explore why that doesn't excite you. Or are you saying it doesn't excite you because you're yeah. afraid to go forward yeah. into that, you know? Yeah. And then when we're, when we're talking in this realm about moving forward in careers for gay men, oftentimes you know how to move forward. Yeah. You're just afraid of what you don't know. Yeah. And you're afraid of failure. Right. But to me, now, now Michael and I have neither one ever failed. So we, no, we speak never, the never. truth here. You know, <laughs> it's just the way it is. When you become a certified coach, there's no failure ever again. No, we're no. kidding. We're totally kidding here. <laughs> He's kidding. I'm not. Oh, okay, bitch. Fine. You want up me on my own <laughs> podcast. Whatever. I do have the magic to like, this show is done. No, I'm kidding. So. But no, you're right. There is this interesting space where that failure is so huge in all of our minds. Now I'm going to, I'm going to suggest for us as gay men, that's probably exacerbated based on our coming out journeys. Yeah. Because coming yeah. out can be, well, it's can a lot of times start as failure because, Oh, no, yeah. you're a disappointment now, or, oh, no, you can't be that. So suddenly here comes the rain, not the raining men, but well, we wish it was, but yeah, here exactly. comes the rain yeah. of shame and yeah. guilt because now we're yeah. a failure. But how do you help somebody see, oh, that failure is actually so beautiful? By, by pointing it out, by, by speaking with them and listening to them and reflecting back on what it is they just said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, Rick, when I talk to you, I can see that you got very excited or you got very emotional yeah. when we started to mention this. 
Or I could see when you mentioned something that you said you were emotional about, your voice was kind of flat. So were you aware of that disconnect? And so we can approach it in a variety of different ways to sort of uncover the reality of the emotion behind the statement. Mm -hmm. And therefore we can say, aha, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not calling bullshit because I'm not here to judge, but I just want to take a moment and ask you how you feel about what you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, did, did you even hear what you just said or how you just said it? If you watched yourself on a tape, Mm-hmm. And you saw this and you're, you saw your, your face and your eyebrows and everything else that we do. Right. What would you think? Right. And it's fascinating. It's it is fascinating. fascinating. That- I hit a roadblock many, many, many years ago where I hated doing podcasts. I'm yeah. like, this is just, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. You want to know why? Please tell me. Cause I was just showing up. I was just showing up like, let's just do this. Let's get it done. Let's get it over with. I'm just like, and I had, I had reached a significant milestone. Now this was around episode, not on this podcast, but, and I hope it doesn't happen on this. I love this fucking podcast. I, Cause I can be trash <laughs> clean all I want. I mean, I can do that. Exactly. On my, I can do it on my other one too, but this one's more like I can talk real trash, be like loose and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But I was hitting like in. episode like 250 and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? There's only so many quote coming yeah. out stories. I think I've kind of said everything I needed to say. And then I'm like, okay, well, you've got to come up with something, Rick. You've got to be this. You've got to show up. Da, da, da. Suddenly it was ex- that you got to be this. You got to be this. You got to be this. You got. I was hurting myself. Yeah. And then yeah. I had a really good friend. And then one of my, one of my most beloved listeners, they both sent me messages almost simultaneously. We're not enjoying your show. Mm. I was kind of like, clutch my pearls, girls. What? (laughs) And they're like, you're not being you. You're really trying hard. You're trying to like force, like be the best podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ironically, guess what was actually going on at that time? I was like just becoming part of podcast movement, the conference, and I was Mm -hmm. surrounded by these amazing podcasters. And suddenly I'm like, I got to be just like them. I got to be this. I got to be that. Suddenly I'm like, I'm in every workshop when I'm at the conference. I'm like, like, okay. I I started becoming very formularic in my podcast. And my friend said, do you remember when you first started your podcast? I said, yeah. And she goes, you used a script, didn't you? I said, yeah. I said, you know that you're, you're the one who helped me. Got she goes, and then about three episodes in, you said, fuck this, no more script. Throw the script away. Yeah. She goes, you're not using a script now, but you're using a formula. She goes, stop it. Just show yeah. up, Rick. Trust Just show up. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. And this is what I think is so important for us as gay men in our life. Trust the process, whether it's finding a new job, yeah. finding a man. Yeah losing weight, dealing with your bubble butts going away. I don't know, whatever it is, trust the process because there's beautiful things that come from this. And know that you're not alone. We all are dealing with something. And even if it's not, you know, you're dealing with one issue and I'm dealing with another, the reality is, is that we are both 
suffering. And there's something in common about that and fascinating that we can work together and help each other through it. So we really do have an extraordinary community that we have built. It's the family that we have found for each other. And it's, it's everything. But you just hit on something that is a big problem in our community. So many men feel like they don't have community because they're afraid to say, hello, I have this issue. Is anybody else out there feeling this? Because, oh my God, if we f- admit where there's something fractured in who we are, mm. we're right back to the coming out story all over again. There's something wrong with you. My life is fabulous. Look at me. I'm traveling here. I'm traveling there. And, mm-hmm. and this is what gay life is all about. We're doing these. And suddenly there are people who are like, I can't admit that I'm feeling this. And there's a huge, in my mind, pandemic. And I hate to use that word because we're sick of hearing yeah. that word. But there is a huge pandemic right now in the gay male culture where there's so many lonely gay men. I'm not talking about because of lack of sex or anything. I'm talking about they don't feel the connection. And I can't help but say this right now. Part of the connection is because you won't allow yourself to go connect and say, this is me. Flaws and everything. This is me. Well, that's so extraordinary about what it is you do and what you bring to these podcasts is because you are allowing people to come together in the safety of their own homes and to have a voice and to be part of a community for this time that we have together to discuss whatever it is or to not even to discuss, but just to listen to other gay men of a certain age who are going through something you go oh my God, I'm not alone. And all of a sudden for that little bit of time, you're breathing a little bit easier. You're feeling less isolated. And what we have to do is just keep embracing that and keep realizing that it's a journey and perfection is not the goal. Perfection, is it, it's overrated. We're here to stumble, to have the peaks, to have the valleys and to connect. And when we connect, we get to really help each other because we get to listen and we get to learn. And that's what's so extraordinary about your podcast and what you do for the community that gets to listen to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But there's also something that you bring into the world because as a coach coach, what I love about having other coaches on this podcast is what you bring to gay men or your clients is your unique way of helping somebody else feel like, Oh, I'm heard. Yeah. I'm seen. Yeah. I'm understood. Mm-hmm. So as you work, I mean, I know you've got the agency where you, you work with photographers and stylists and all that to help them like really do what they do, which I'm sure there's some coaching involved in that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Big time. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but when you look at the coaching, your coaching practice, what would you say you, in a like not summing up cause we're done with the show, but like as a coach, what is it that you feel you do for clients because it's always a little bit different. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like I help gay men unapology, unapologetically live their life as themselves. That's my goal. Yeah. What is it you say as a coach, you really try to do for clients? I think what I really try to do is what I did for myself, which was figure out that the right brain and the left brain can be compatible that you can have a work-life balance that you can be a businessman and be a happy gay man. And you can love the theater 
and love the stock market. Things that may not make sense are within your possibility. So it, it's really working with individuals. Uh, most, most of my clients are straight men, straight oh. men and women who are looking at this journey, at this road with the fork in it, trying to figure out which way to go and just sort of working with them, trying to clarify and let them see that they don't have to just choose either or. Right. That we can figure out or you can figure out a way and a path that's going to bring both into your life. And if, mm -hmm. if working at the drugstore or McDonald's doesn't do it, then let's spend part of our time in the coaching session talking about after hours. What mm -hmm. do we do to fill the tank? What do we do to bring personal joy to your life? So that when you wake up the next morning, you feel like the day before you've had some balance. Balance is an interesting one, isn't it? Uh-huh. It's real. So it's interesting. I was working with one of my speaking clients and we've all heard the term work-life balance. Yes. And he said, well, I'm playing in that arena, but he goes, I don't want to call it that. I'm like, okay, I get that. You know, it's mm -hmm. almost like it's been running to the ground, right? He goes, well, I'm taking a different approach. Now I want everybody to kind of listen to it because I have to say it, usually say it a couple of times before it really starts to sink in what he does. He says, what I do is I, I help people see their life work balance. And I'm like, wait, what did you say? Because it struck me. I'm like, wait, there's something different here. And he goes, I want them to see their life work is what brings them balance. Yes. And I'm like, that's a really interesting twist on this whole thing. Because if you're doing your life work, mm -hmm. there's a much higher likelihood you have balance in your life. Because it's emanating from a place of this is what brings me alive. This is what turns me on. Not every day. We're, we're human, right? Joy. Yeah. But there's yeah, this joy. joyful space. And yeah. when we are in a space of joy, like I... I, I get a hard on doing these podcasts, literally. I mean, I'm not sitting here, guys, literally with one, but I love these conversations. Yes. That's how Just I feel because, about coaching. Yeah, exactly. The same thing. It's and a natural you know, it's, high. It's a buzz. It is a when natural you, high. You and here's, that... here's something really interesting that happened for me. And I think this is kind of where we tie all your experiences together too. A few years ago, I had a thriving coaching practice. I was speaking on stages and I'm like, I'm kind of, tired of being out there trying to do the get a speaking gig, get a speaking gig, get a speaking gig. But I love, put me in a room of 10, 20, 50 people and like, we're going to get naked and dirty with each other about getting into our souls and doing some workshop and felicitation. I can do that all day long. And I said, then why the fuck am I not doing that? I can be on a stage and I love being on stage and telling stories. That's, that's great. Yeah, I don't know you. that I enjoy, like I'm the keynoter and let me, you know, <laughs> I'll do it, but it's not where I thrive. As soon as that, that happened, that switch shifted for me, Michael. Oh my God, everything changed because I'm like, now I enjoy being a speaker because I changed what the purview of the definition and mm -hmm. how I looked at that really looked differently. And as you were sharing your story and I was doing the research and everything on you, I saw this starting to emanate from the Broadway experiences and the acting and the singing and the dancing and all this sort of stuff into what you did. It was a spiral up, but you still got to tap in to everything you had done to continue to spiral into this, even to what you just said, you love coaching. It turns yeah. you on. 
Yes. You, you think, you know, as you get older, you acquire all this baggage. And we sometimes think of baggage as a, as a negative thing. But as you're describing it, I've picked up baggage through all of my different careers, and all of them have helped serve me in this current career as a coach. Because, I mean, like, if, if you've ever stood and done a chorus line, and you've done it for over a year, and you've done eight shows a week, it doesn't change. And that I can tell you that mm -hmm. every show is different. Yep. Because the audience energy, the way you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So all of that baggage of how do you show up in your authentic self, no matter where you are, no matter what you're carrying, right. it, it just, it all can be positive. Yep. It's so interesting. Helpful. You It's so interesting. You brought that up. So when did we go? It was just recently. Um, I'm trying to think it was 2022. It had to have been 2022. My husband and I went to see Hamilton. Now we had already seen it up in San Francisco a year or mm -hmm. so ago. We saw it when it first was like, we could start going back, kind of start going back to the theater. We're like, okay, it was good, but what's the big freaking hype? We're like, it, we enjoyed it. Yeah. So then we, we live halfway between LA and San Francisco. So we can go LA for shows or San Francisco or San Jose. <clears throat> Hamilton's open back up full time in LA after COVID. Let's go do this. Of course, they're trying to fill the theater, right? So there was amazing, like amazing prices. I mean, we saw Hamilton for like $49. <laughs> Hello, New Yorkers, <laughs> hear that? $49, right? <laughs> we're like, okay, we're looking forward to it. Sure, for $49, let's go see it again. Oh my God. The experience was completely different yep. because there was an energy in the audience. Yep. You could see there yep. was a joy about we get to be back in live theater. There was a yeah. joy on the stage with the cat. And it was an amazing cast. I mean, I have to say it was, it was, I don't know. I mean, I love the show, but man, when the cast is really sparked, mm -hmm. it's amazing, you know? And I happened to have a friend who was in uh, a chorus line years and years ago. She said the same thing. She goes, you know, people will think, and if anybody's listening, who's seen a chorus line, it's, you know, you know, the show, it's the mirrors, it's the hats, it's, you know, I could do it and I've never been in it. Right. Oh, it's so, you know, it's just what it is. No, it's not. Every yeah. day is an adventure. And I think this is something again, that we as humans, but especially as gay men, if you started to look at whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, whether it's a career change or becoming happier in your existing career or going, how do I make all these things that I've done? stack up together it's about seeing it as an adventure what's the next adventure how right. can i turn this into an adventure yeah you know yeah. i mean i got I, I contracted COVID a couple of weeks ago not bad but bad enough to like oh, okay i'm isolating yay yeah um but i thought okay well i'll get through this knock on wood but how can i get through each day being really like isolated i don't get to sleep mm -hmm. with my husband and I don't get to be out in the world. I mean, I could go on walks and stuff. And the first thing I thought is, well, what am I going to do in this adventure of being somebody who has COVID? How am I going to be in the adventure of it? Yeah. And I was so much more relaxed and so much more calm because I wasn't like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know everything's an opportunity because as it you is. mentioned that, yeah, when, when COVID came around and my business shut down, basically, I was doing exactly what you said. And I ended up enrolling at NYU. And that's how I got my degree as a professional executive coach yep. was because I had this time. 
and I could put it towards something productive or yes, I was here alone in my apartment, but I was getting my mind moving. I was getting my body active. It was giving me something new to think about. So absolutely, absolutely. It, it's um, how we approach things and, and working with somebody and bouncing off of somebody, you know, getting back to that theater incident, you don't realize that in the audience, you provide so much. Yep to yep. us as performers and yep. we can't we can't tell you what's tangible just like when you walk out and you go okay i saw hamilton one time eh, it was okay the other time you saw it and it was just extraordinary there's there's an interplay and yes. it's the same thing with coaching yep. we get to listen and we get yep. to dance with the client and the client gets to dance with us and we get to create the magic mm -hmm. together yep and that is what it is it's magic you know it's um extraordinary it is extraordinary. And I, I, you know, I want everybody who's listening. It's like, Michael and I aren't pushing this because like everybody needs a coach, even though I think everybody can use a coach. It's amazing. I mean, I, I know I'm a coach and I love my coach, but yeah, there's so too. much, so much yeah. I move mountains with. And, and I only, I don't, I don't coach regularly. I mean, I, I see my coach like once every six weeks because yeah. I'm to that space in my world where I do this day in and day out so I can kick my own ass pretty good, but they're like, okay, I need, I need that kick. I need that <laughs> yeah. kick. Yeah. But what I think is so interesting about this and how it relates to even the Broadway experiences and stuff. And I'm going to go really hokey here for a moment, but it is about that one singular sensation. When that singular mm -hmm. sensation happens mm -hmm. and you see it, like when I saw that, oh my gosh, I should not be like going for these huge keynote experiences because I was putting myself in a platform of I'm trying to compete with some big names, not like literally compete, but Oh my gosh, I have to be on that level instead of, yeah. Yeah. If I got asked to speak a, a moth event, I'm all over it. Like, let me just go tell a fucking story because I love that. But that's when mm -hmm. the spark happens. And I'm like, okay, whatever I'm doing, I have to feel that when I'm doing it. You find when a I, sweet spot. You find the sweet spot. Exactly. And too many yeah. of us, in fact, I was working with a client um, yesterday and he has, he is, he is moving mountains. Why? Because he's discovered his sweet spot and his spark. Mm -hmm. It wasn't okay. Yes. I'm part of the catalyst. That's how I see myself. I'm a catalyst. I'm not a magic wand, even though I joke about that. Like, well, hold on. I got to get my gay, you know, magic wand out so we can make this <laughs> shit happen. Right. Um, but it is interesting when we allow that to come forth, which is what mm -hmm. I believe we as coaches do. We yeah. invite that to come forth for our clients. We invite them to see the possibilities of, you know, do you really have to stay in this career that you think is miserable and you, okay, mm -hmm. maybe there yeah. will be an income shift. Doesn't mean it necessarily has to be, but yeah. maybe there will. And if that income shift happens up or down, trust the process because it's happening yeah. for a really amazing reason. So, uh, yeah. And if nothing else, we allow them the safe space to say what sometimes they don't feel they can say to anyone else in another space. One of my clients a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about his journey on health and running his business and everything. And I said, okay, so what's the thing you most want from your journey on health? Got really quiet and I'm waiting. I'm like, you know, cause I know I will re I will respond accordingly to what he says to kind of like, well, you know, move him in that direction. He goes, all I want is no more fat ass. And I'm like, there we have it. That's <laughs> all we're working towards then. I there want you, you to wake up and like, uh, of course, then mm -hmm. I'm like, well, 
how, how, how motivating is saying, Oh, I've this fat ass, this fat ass. He goes, not, I'm like, well, what if you learn to love your fat ass and then you're going to make it become even prettier and you're going to like it more and it's going to become smaller. And it, you know, went down that mm -hmm. whole pathway. But I think that's the yeah. beauty of when we can help someone and all of you guys listening, whatever you're taking away from this conversation is when you realize this movement forward yeah. is actually a culmination of everything you've already done. And tomorrow that movement forward will be a culmination of everything you did up through yesterday and tomorrow and tomorrow. When we kind of start getting that into our own thought, at least that's my perspective. When we can really ingrain that in our thought processes, it's much easier to stay focused and keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you, did you go skate around the stage of Starlight Express <laughs> the very first day? I don't think so. No, no, I fell down quite a bit on that first day. I'm sure you did. <laughs> and then that was just getting used to doing that. Then you had to add the weight of the costumes on and then yep. you know, the sweatiness of being in full on makeup and moving and yeah, all that the microphones and yeah. Yeah, all that it, stuff. So um, yeah, it, it's all the process. It's all the journey and it's all good. Yeah. It's all worthwhile. So I know you've shared some amazing stuff here, Michael, but if you could inspire somebody listening to like, Hey, just do this to move forward. What would be something you'd love to leave the audience with? I'm not really much for these kind of hokey speak, speeches or things, but right. There, there's an expression that just holds very dear, near and dear to my heart. And, and that is, if you can, you must. Must. I'm so glad you said that because I've been staring at that on your website going, oh, I hope somehow we work that. Because if you didn't, I was going to figure out a way to work that in. I love that statement. If you can, you must. And it applies for everything. If you can do that extra push-up, do that extra push-up. If you can't, it's okay. Right. If you can face your fears and go for that interview or put your face forward somewhere, do it. Yeah. Such a if strong you can, you must. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and be gentle with yourself in that approach too. I mean, I love yeah. that. If you can't do the push-up, that's okay. Yeah. But the next time, if you can, you must, and you do, then that means the next time there's another one that you can, you must, and, and it starts to catapult forward. So, um, and it all begins and ends with you if you mm. can right. you must i can't tell you i can't force mm. you i can't make you mm. you can yes exactly. exactly it's all in your hands so if somebody wanted to work with you as an executive coach what's the best place for them to go find out more information about you my friend probably on my website uh www.michaelnovin.com Excellent. And that's N-O-V as in Victor I-N. So that um, is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you on the Broadway stage real soon. And you know, Oh, no, 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 no. I'll look forward to seeing you on the Broadway <laughs> stage. You've talked about your performing. I'm ready to oh, see this. I want to see you cool. do a course line. I'm done. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I played Dolly once in a, a weird ben, gender bender twist of Bessel Whorehouse, but that was more <laughs> a spoof. And I had one of those moments where I actually was coming down the grand staircase all in my glory and as soon as i took the first step the heel on my shoe broke and honey those boobies and everything went flying but by the time i got back to the bottom of the stairs i just tucked them in and straightened that wig and tuck those puppies and just sang it like a professional so there mm -hmm. we go 
But now remind yeah. me, I'll, one day I'll tell you the story about working with Madeline Kahn and the tour. Oh, oh I'm sure. Dolly. I'm sure. So, well, my friend, thank you so much for sharing yourself. My your pleasure. Story. Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate and, everything. Uh, that you I do love having these conversations with other yeah. great coaches because it's just, <sighs> I want somebody to, you know, I, I would love to say I can, I can take on all of us, but I can't. <laughs> nor do I really want to. I love all my gay guys, but you know, it, there's always an interesting twist and fit when somebody hears somebody. And, um, and seriously, guys, if you're looking for somebody to work with like Michael and it resonated with you, take the step and explore, even if it's just, Hey, I, let's talk about what that looks like. That's a step forward. That's part of starting the new adventure. So um, I'd be honored. I'd yes. be really flattered. Well, thank you for being here. So appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate you too. And I look forward to uh, keeping up and hearing what's next. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.